good morning and welcome again to worship here with Garfield. Isn't it nice just to have some stillness? Don't get a lot of that. We don't get a lot of that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. Um, we're continuing our series this morning. Oh, I'm Scott, by the way, Pastor Scott. For those of you who don't know me, part of our teaching team here at Garfield Memorial Church. I want to welcome everyone who's here in person, everyone who's worshiping with us online, uh, whenever and wherever you are. We're gathered together to hear a word from God. And so, God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear all you have for us here today. We're continuing in our series, Wise Cracks, Wisdom from the Book of Proverbs and other uh, of the wisdom literature of the Scripture. Today we had some from Proverbs, some from Psalms, uh, and it's all good, and they all had a theme, and that theme is knowing God. Before we jump into that, I do want to let you know, uh, Pastor Chip wanted to be here today. He's not here today, uh, and he last week did a memorial service, or this weekend did a memorial service for his aunt and uncle, who were the last people in his family in that generation, and he kind of realized with all of this, he's now in the oldest generation in his family, and there's, a, there's some grieving and, and, and struggle that goes along with that, so keep Pastor Chip and his family in your prayers today. Um, but we're talking about knowing God today, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, this is going to sound like an announcement, and in some ways it is. We want to share some information with you, but this is, it comes right back into the message, toward the end of the message, so, so this is part of the whole thing that we're talking about today. But as we're, as we're talking about knowing God, one of the most powerful ways uh, that I have discovered of knowing God is to be part of a multi-ethnic, economically diverse church, uh, and which Garfield is. This is the first diverse church I've ever been a part of, and I have seen more and learned more of God and being part of a diverse church than I ever could have imagined apart from this experience. And uh, another piece of that is the Garfield Church being a part of the Mosaics Global Network. And, and the Mosaics Global Network, it's an international network of churches and pastors and leaders who are committed to pursuing the vision of a Revelation 7-9 church here on earth now. And that is a church that is, is uh, you know, filled with folks of every tribe, every nation, every language, every ethnic group. Uh, that, that that's what heaven's going to be like, and why shouldn't the local church be like that now, and it's, it's a pretty rare thing, to be honest. Yeah, that's worth a hand clap. Uh, the Mosaics Global Network is, a, a, you know, Garfield is a teaching church in that, and we have churches from all over the country come here to get a glimpse of what a multi-ethnic church looks like in action and under the hood, behind the scenes. Uh, and then every three years, Mosaics does a, a conference in Dallas, Texas, and this 2022 is one of those years. So November 8th through the 10th, they're going to have their international conference in Dallas, Texas. Um, we've been to that for, I think, uh, three times now now uh, the la over the last nine years, and uh, staff go and participate. Uh, Justin, Dre, and Leah will be part of the worship team that's there. It's a team of worship leaders from all across the country. Uh, uh, Pastor Chip's often a speaker and a workshop leader there, and there are other folks there, some of whom you know, some you don't. Uh, Onea Okawobi and Naeem Fazal, who, who have been here to speak and preach and share, are, are part of this. Um, other folks like Sung Chan Ra, Derwin Gray, and many, many others others, people who have um, witnessed with their own eyes 
what God is doing in and through the multi-ethnic church movement, and, and it's really God's movement, multi-ethnic church, because that's what Jesus came for, so that we could all be one and not segregated and divided up all the time. So we want to invite you, anybody that wants to come and be part of that, we invite you to do that. Go to our website and scroll down and click on, I always got to look at the exact words because I don't want to mess it up. Mosaics Conference 2022. Um, click on Mosaics Conference 2022. And uh, or you can go to mosaicsconference.com and register there. The conference has some discounted rates at a few local hotels there. You can check those out as well. And uh, we've had a lot of staff go, but also a lot of folks that aren't on staff, but part of the church that have come to be part of this. It's an amazing thing, uh, an incredible opportunity to really see that that manifold, multicolored, multi-ethnic wisdom of God in action, and hear those witnesses and testimonies of folks whose lives and backgrounds and experiences are very different from your own. So I invite you to be part of that. Check that out. I'm going to come back to that and a little bit later in the sermon here. So we've used, I think, at least I know what I've preached, I have used this next verse a lot. And uh, not just for this series, but in other times and other preaching. I don't know, I learned this verse when I was a kid. It's been a big part of my life growing up. Um, but, you know, because the Bible is the living word of God and not the dead word of God, uh, the meaning and understanding grows over time. So I'm just going to jump in and read two verses here, actually. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Nah, let me do it here. This will be easier. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Fear of the Lord, that awe, that, that overwhelming sense of awe that we get when, when we experience the presence of God. Every time God shows up in the Bible, people are falling to their knees in fear and awe and trembling before God. That's the beginning of wisdom. But if we want understanding... If we want to go beyond just the beginning of the wisdom, we need knowledge of the Holy One, knowledge of God, beyond just the fear of God. Fear of God. We don't want to lose the fear of God. We don't want to lose that sense of awe and take God for granted. We don't want to lose that sense of God's, you know, in charge of everything and I really don't want to stand in his way kind of fear either. But we got to move through the fear and get to knowledge of the Holy One if we really want to understand, if we really want to know God. There's another verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord. God will do all these great things to you. Don't depend on your own understanding. Don't depend on your insight. Trust in the Lord. That begs the question though, you know, how do you trust in someone you don't know? If you don't know God, you can't trust in God. You don't trust anyone else you don't know, right? If you do, give me your email address, uh, you know. I'll forward you a lot of emails of people that are in desperate need of help. If you trust, no one trusts people they don't know. Now, I'm not talking about being afraid of every person you run past down the street, but you don't accept life advice and wisdom from random strangers you meet online, I hope, uh, or at the grocery store, I hope. We don't, we, we know, we wanna know folks. We need to know folks before we can really trust them with our lives, right, right? So that begs another question. How can we trust, yeah, how can we trust God if we don't know God? Which means how do we know God? That's a question worth answering. How do we know God? 
knowing God might be the most important, this might be the most important question we answer this year. You might, might be the most important question of your life. How do you know God? Now, I got four movements we're going to go through. There's really five, but one of them is not really part of the four, so that's why I'm saying it's four, and now that I've confused you, we'll move to the first one, which really isn't one of the four. It's one of the five, but it's not one of the four. All right? Are we clear? All right? If we want to know God, if we want to know God, I remember Jesus had a few things to say about this. Jesus said, no one has ever seen God. Well, Jesus didn't say this. John wrote this about Jesus uh, in the beginning of the Gospel of John. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, that Jesus has made him known. Has made him known. Jesus did say this. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. And then, just in case that wasn't clear enough, Jesus said this to his disciples. Jesus said, the Father and I are one. So if you want to know God, if you want to know God, you need to know Jesus. Yeah, I heard it down here. Folks were, they didn't, you didn't raise your hands though, so I can't call on you if you're not very, I'm just joking. If we want to know God, we got to know Jesus. We've got to know Jesus. There's only one problem with that. Uh, Jesus isn't here either, not physically in the flesh, right? Uh, Jesus lived as one of us, among us, and, and through his life we know God. Jesus gives us a clearer picture of God than anything else, anywhere else, anyone else, any writing in the world. In Jesus, God became flesh and lived among us. And we could see when Jesus did that, we could see that God is not some distant, aloof, tyrannical, celestial ruler out there to zap people who take him off. God, Jesus, Jesus became completely accessible. He lived among us as one of us, and, and not as one of the powerful and wealthy and privileged among us who could keep the common folks at bay with his, his walls and soldiers and guns and, and such things. He didn't do that. He gave up his power and his privilege and his wealth, and he lived among us as one of the poorest. He made himself vulnerable to people. He, he walked and he talked and he embraced people. He embraced the people no one else would embrace. He embraced the people that everyone else thought God wanted them to specifically not embrace. He embraced the sick. He embraced the broken. He embraced the flawed. He embraced people. Anyone who was willing to be embraced. Jesus embraced and, and, and Jesus took, you know, the, the, the Hebrew scripture is, is well, I'll get, actually, I'll get to that in a minute. Jesus showed us who God is in the flesh. Not a tyrant wanting to zap us, but a loving father willing to die for us. But with the power to live again and give us that life after death too. 
So if we want to know God, we need to know Jesus. But we've got this disadvantage that Jesus is not physically here either. He lived, he died, he rose again. He's alive now, but he's not physically here. He's physically in heaven at the right hand of our Father in heaven, his Father too. Jesus is there. The Holy Spirit's here. You can't touch, taste, feel the Holy Spirit with our five senses. He's not subject to empirical scientific analysis. So how do we get to know God? How do we get to know Jesus? Really, that's where we get into the first of our four movements. If we want to know God, if we want to know Jesus, we've got to be still. If we want to, oh, I skipped one. Thank you. I did skip one. This is what happens when I jump around in my notes. If you want to know God, you want to know Jesus, study the Bible. Study the Bible. That's here. That's here. You've got greater access to the Bible in this room right now than any other group of people in the history of the world. I mean, you know, and that was true even before the internet. Bibles are so easy to get in this country. They're, no one's, no one, they're not illegal. They're not hard to find. You can get really expensive ones. You can get really cheap ones. And it's the same scripture no matter how much you pay for it or whether you get it for free at the dollars, you know, at the thrift shop. You steal one from the church, that's okay too. Read it, as long as you read it. The Bible's so easy to get our hands on. We gotta study it, we gotta read it. The Bible is, it's, it was not written to be, there's science in it, but there's not written to be a scientific book. There's history in it, but it was not written to be a history book. There's, there's poetry in it, but it was not written to be a book of poetry. There are wise sayings in it, but it's not written to be a collection of wise sayings. It's written for God to reveal himself to us so that we can see who God is and how God interacts with humanity and with individuals in humanity and we can see what God values and where God is going with this whole big universe he made and where we fit into all of that. That's why it was written. So if we wanna know God, we need to study that Bible. I gotta throw a caution out here though. You know, we've, again, we've got, we've got greater access to Scripture than Peter and Paul did. You understand that, right? That, that back in their day, people didn't carry around the Bible with them. There would have, might have been one or two scrolls of the Scripture at their local synagogue, maybe, and the temple had it all. But they didn't have that access. There are, there are countless Christians all over the world today that don't have that kind of access. And it's better now than it used to be, but it's still bad in some places. But it's easy to become Bible gluttons. I don't know if I've made that phrase up or not, but I think you get the sense of that, right? We can just gorge ourselves on the scripture with personal Bible study and small group Bible study and Sunday morning worship, but if we're not gonna do what it says, it is not doing us any good, right? It's better for you to know one verse of the scripture and live like it's true than to have read the whole Bible 10 times and be going to another Bible study this Tuesday and Thursday to learn a little bit more if you're not going to do it. If you're not going to do it. So I, I'm convinced that, you know, some folks need more Bible study. I think a lot of people in the church just need more Bible living. Okay? You studied it enough. Time to get out of school and go do it. And that brings us to the next one, which I got to earlier, 
which is be still. If you want to know God and Jesus, you got to be still. This is what scripture says to us in Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. If we want to know God, we've got to quiet ourselves and our minds and our spirits and be still. I love that video uh, that, that we played before. That's an old video. It was like way back in 2013. Maybe 2011. It wasn't even in HD. But it's true. And that noise, that noise, all the noise in this world, all of the things that occupy our time and our attention and our spiritual and emotional energy, thinking and wondering and worrying and planning about all of that stuff. And some of it's good stuff and it's important stuff and it's needful stuff, but it's busy, 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 busy. It demands our attention. And God says, be still and know that I am God and all of our busyness to find space to be quiet and see that God is exalted among the nations with all of the noise and all of the injustice and all of the racism and sexism and, 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 and gender phobias and all of these things that are out there with all of that noise and all of that mess and all of the shootings and all of the riots and the wars and the famines and the global warming and the, the, the droughts and the forest fires and wildfires and all of these things. With all of that, if we can be still, we can remember, we can know that God is exalted among the nations and exalted in the earth. It's now, if you go back and look at your own Bible a little later on, you'll discover that your Bible probably says, I, that I know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted on the earth. The tense of the verb there in Hebrew is a little tricky and it's very ambiguous. It's the same kind of phrase that was back when Moses met with God in the burning bush and Moses said, who are you? What's your name? Which God is this? And, and God said, my, I, my name is I am which can also be translated, I will be. I am what I am, and I am, which is not Popeye, and I am that I am, and if you're like a millennial, you're going, who's Popeye, that's all right, you don't need to know. The translation is ambiguous, and it's intentionally ambiguous because God is saying, I am, and I was, and I will be, and it's the same here. I will be exalted among the nations. I already am exalted among the nations. But we're so fretful and we're so fearful and so worried and anxious and busy trying to get it done that we forget that God is exalted. We gotta slow down. Slow down, spend some time in the word and see that God is exalted among the nations. God is exalted on the earth. We've got to be still to find, I know we can't spend our whole life just sitting quietly, but we gotta find some space and time and room for that. We've gotta make space and time and room for that. You make space and time and room for all of these other things you wanna do. Make space and time and room to be quiet to be quiet. It was one minute of silence on that video after the noise. The video was two minutes long. It was a minute of noise and a minute of silence. You know, try to win 10 of those sometime in your day. Be still 
and know that God is God. Be still and know God and Jesus. But if you want to know God and Jesus, you've got to do more than just be still. You do. You also have to step out and obey. You have to step out and obey. It's not just enough to know the Bible. You've got to do it. It's not just enough to hear God's still small voice in your personal devotional time when you're watching the sunset, when you're, you know, whenever it is, lying in bed at night or early in the morning, to be still and listen to God. And when we hear God's voice, we obey. We obey. Jesus made this abundantly clear. This is important. Matthew 7, 21, the Bible says this. Jesus, these are words of Jesus right here. They're not in red here, but Jesus didn't talk in red anyway. He just talked like everybody else. <laughs> not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who calls. Now, if you're calling Jesus Lord, you know who God is. You know who Jesus is. You believe he is who he is, or you wouldn't call him Lord, Right? All right? Not everyone who just knows who Jesus is and believes he is what he is is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. We've got to do it, folks. We've got to do it. I'm going to get to that Exodus passage in a minute. But, you know, we've got to, we've got to live it out. It was a, I, was a, I gotta do this story really quickly because I ran out of time in the nine o'clock service. I don't wanna run out of time here. Brother Andrew, Michigan, it was a, let me just skip all of that and say it was a kid that lived in the Soviet Union at a time when Bibles were illegal to sell and purchase and buy there. And, and his church only had one Bible and a Bible was smuggled in, one more Bible for the church. And they thought, since we've already got one that we can use for worship times, we're gonna take this one and we got too many folks for everyone to have a copy. We're just gonna cut it up and give everyone a verse. And as one boy got a verse, and the person who brought the Bible saw this boy celebrating. He was a teenager. He's like, whoa, yeah, whoa. You know, I don't know if it was exactly like this, but he was, he was clearly happy with it. And the guy, he thought he must have got a great verse. So he said, what verse did you get? And the boy liked it. I mean, he said, I got this one. It's in Jeremiah. And it says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And the guy inside, the guy was like, really? You're excited about that one? What are you going to do with that? You know what? He didn't say that out loud. He had enough discretion and discernment not to do that. He said, why does that make you so excited? And that boy said, because if, if the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the word of the Lord can come to me too. All right? He had one verse, but he believed it, and he was going to live like it was true. He was going to do it. We got to do it. If we're not going to do what Jesus says to do, if we're not going to do what Jesus, we will never know Jesus. Never. We've got to live it out to do it. Moses learned that too. Let's go, let's go back to, there we go. God said, so this was, Moses had this conversation with God at the burning bush, and, 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 and Moses said, how do I know this is you, God? How do I know this is not some fever dream, not some drug fan? And I know Moses wasn't doing drugs, but, you know, he was seeing a bush burning that wasn't burned up, and it was talking to him. He was wondering what was going on. Am I going nuts, or is this God talking to me? Maybe you've had a similar experience. And God said, this is how you'll know it's me. 
This is how you'll know. Well, first we've got to remember what God told Moses to do in this. He said, go to Pharaoh. I know Pharaoh's the most powerful person on the world. He's the king of the most powerful nation on the earth. I know you're wanted for murder in his country. And, and I know you're nothing but a sheep herder. But I want you to go to Pharaoh. And I want you to tell him to let all of his slaves go. Your people and mine, let them go so they can worship me. That's your job. And Moses said, okay, I really need to know this is you, God, before I go knock on Pharaoh's door. God said, this is how you'll know it was me. I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. When you do it, you'll know it was me. Moses would never have known if he'd said, I'm nuts, this is crazy, I'm not going. He knew it was God because he did what God said. That's how we know God. When we step out and we do what God says, then, then we get to know who God is. And really in an experiential way, not secondhand knowledge. As great as the Bible is, it's 100% secondhand knowledge. If you want to know God personally, if you want to experience God directly in your life, you have to step out and do what God says no matter how nuts you think that is. And this was nuts. This was nuts. The only reason we know it wasn't nuts and we know it was God is because when Moses did it, so did God, and they came out and they worshiped God on that mountain. We get a read about it. Moses had to go, <laughs> We gotta be still. We gotta step out and we have to do. Third thing we've gotta do, and this is a movement. This is a movement. Once we be still, when we're still, we can hear God. When we hear God, we do what God says. And then we gotta be still again. If we just keep doing and doing and doing, eventually we're gonna move out of doing what God said and into what we think God wants us to do. And that's not the same thing. A lot of folks do that. I've spent a lot of time doing that. So we gotta be still again and hear again and listen again and go out and do again. It's a movement, it's a dance, it's back and forth, but it's not a two-step, it's a three-step. And the third step is this. The third step is this. If you want to know God and you want to know Jesus, share and listen in the church. Once you see God, once you experience God, you are now a witness to God's action and activity, to God's person. You are a witness. You're the person who saw the car accident. You're the person who saw the mugging. You're the person who saw the heroic action. You're the person who saw the, 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 the game-winning shot or the game-winning hit or the game-winning touchdown. You're a witness to it. Now you gotta tell about it in the church. You gotta share that, that's your testimony. We, we've taken those church words and made them so stinking churchy. You, you do what, you listen to hear God, you do what God says, you see what God does, and then you have a witness in you back and you tell pe other people about it. You cannot be a witness to something you haven't seen. Then it's hearsay, that's not allowed. It's not allowed, you gotta see it, you gotta experience it, and then you can tell others about it. We see this in the book of Acts over and over and over again. I'm gonna give you two quick examples. They gotta be quick, because I don't wanna run out of time. Acts 14, 26. Paul and Barnabas, 
um, before we read that, Paul and Barnabas, they worshiped in the church in Antioch, and they were still. And, and the church was still, and they heard God and the Holy Spirit saying, send Paul and Barnabas out among the nations, among all the peoples. Send them out into the world. They're going to be my witnesses. And they commissioned Paul and Barnabas on the spot. They didn't have a committee meeting. They didn't go away and decide, you know, uh, they didn't do a Bible study. They heard God and they obeyed. And Paul and Barnabas went out and they went to all these different churches. And this is what happened at the end of that. From Italia, Paul and Barnabas sailed back to Antioch where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work that they had now completed. They listened, they were still, they listened, they obeyed, and now they're done, and they're coming back. And on arriving there, back in Antioch, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles, and they stayed there a long time with the disciples. The church needs this. We need people stepping out and going out and obeying and then coming back and telling us about it. And we need to listen to it. And, and, and we, you and me, need to be doing both of those things. We need to be stepping out and going, and we need to be listening when folks step out and come back and talk about it. We need to step out and go. We need to come back and talk. It's not the job of one person to do the stepping out and coming back and talking. It's all of us called to be witnesses. But we can't witness to something we haven't seen, and we can't see it if we don't step out and do it. We've got to do it. This is the beauty of the Mosaics International Conference. First time I went to one of those, I got done and I, I, I sat back and I realized, I mean, how long ago, nine years ago, I was 44, 44 years old. I said, it's the first time I've sat under the teaching and leadership of people of color in my Christian life and faith. I had, my second grade teacher was a woman of color. It's the only other time in my life, I've been under the teaching and authority and leadership of people ethnically different than me. And that, that hit hard. And then I realized, well, you know, what about the books I've read? Well, the books I read were 99.9% .9 written by old white men. Maybe a couple of young white men. And so I changed what I read and I change who I listen to. I looked for non-white Christian writers and, and women, uh, people of color, non-Western. Hard to find non-Western people of color that are published in English in the United States. And, and that's not because they don't have a testimony to share and a witness to tell. It's because uh, Christian publishing is a business, not a church. I'm just saying that. But I dug up, found some. And it's changed my life. It's changed the way I see God, the way I know God. Yeah. I know God differently because a Japanese follower of Jesus who was a missionary to folks in Thailand has seen and experienced and known God in ways I never could. I never could. An African follower of Jesus 
who has experienced and seen God in their context and tells about it, has seen God, known God in ways I never could. And then if I, I mean, the only way I can know God from my own experience is as a white man from rural Ohio who can travel to other places, but not everywhere. The world's too big. If I want to see who God really is in a big way, I got to listen to all of these other voices, not just people that are the same voice I am. To see, to experience, to know that witness of God. Oh, I'm out of time. I'm going to tell this story anyway. I skipped it in the first service. I'm not going to skip it now. I gotta, I'm going to tell this story. I've told this, I think, here before. I'm going to tell it again. And it's personal testimony. And, and, and how do I say it? Don't congratulate me on this afterwards. It's a lot easier in the telling than it was in the living. You can ask my wife about this. And my kids, they're not here, but Amy is. So, so way back when the Lord of the Rings, the, the Return of the King was released, I went to see it opening night at the mall in Tiffin, Ohio. And I went with a friend of mine, and he couldn't get off work till late. We went to the last showing. It's a long movie. I think this was 2003. Um, it's sad that I know the year that The Lord of the Rings was released. When the theater, the theater was in the back of the mall, I was late, a shock to no one. So I parked at the closest door to where I drove in, drove in, which was the front of the mall, went through the mall to the theater in the back, and watched it. And when I came back out and turned to go down the hall, the gate was down. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. So I had to walk all the way around the mall. My friend had parked in the back. He knew what he was doing. He was already in his car and driving away before he realized this. And I walked out. It was uh, December. It was about four inches of snow on the ground, and it was snowing. And by the grace of God, I didn't get ticked off. I go walk around the mall. It's Tiffin. It's not a big mall. So I walk around the mall, and I happen to go in the direction that the property next door was the Kroger building that had just closed. Kroger had just moved about a quarter of a mile down the road, built a new building, and their building was empty there. And I was walking around, and as back, just as I got back to my car, I turned, and I, some, I don't know why, I just turned, and I looked back at that building, and I could see, not with my eyes, but I could see people going in and out of that building, parents with children. And I could see angels around that building. And, and I could hear what I believe was the voice of God saying, one day, children and families will come to this place for learning and healing. I didn't tell anybody about that. I didn't tell Amy till this was a December. I think it was the following August before I said anything to Amy about it. And we started talking about it, and I was praying about it. And I was trying to be still. I was trying to listen. And in prayer one time, I heard God saying, it's not going to happen unless you do it. I was like, duh. So took it to the church, and we prayed about it. The church didn't really want to be involved with it. I was pastoring at the time. So I took a leave of absence from pastor. <laughs> I, had, I had to take a leave of absence. I wanted to do this as a pastor. This is, I believed, I was convinced this was God calling. I wanted this to be a ministry of the conference that we're a member of here. And I was told, this is literally what I was told. There is no blank on the form that fits that. 
So you're going to have to stop being a pastor if you want to do this. God help us. So I took a leave of absence as a pastor. And I attempted to, I attempted to start a charter school for at-risk teens, because that's how the vision progressed and developed. That I, I got no experience in education, no degree in that, never started a business, never done anything like that. But it was like God, God said it, God, it's got to happen. So I left pastoring, um, make a, a really long story less long. Um, the, the income source we thought we were going to have when I took the leave of absence evaporated. And on, on the day we left the parsonage and moved into the, fir, uh, to the house we just bought, um, Amy was a full-time stay-at-home mom, and I now had no income. And we had a mortgage. And, uh, and I discovered, I discovered that, that all of the people that are allowed to sponsor charter schools were not nearly as convinced as I was that I could do this and that God was going to help me. Six years after I saw that that night, a school that I helped start opened in that Kroger building. Yeah, and clap for God, don't clap for me. I was an idiot. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to do it. I gave up more than once, and then it happened. It happened, and this school's still there. We gotta listen. We gotta step out. We gotta obey. And we gotta come back and share. And share so that the church can hear, this is who God is, this is what God does. So that when another person hears God saying, I want you to do this, they go, well, maybe that is God. Maybe I can step out. Maybe I can obey. Maybe they can say, oh, maybe that voice I was listening to wasn't God. <laughs> you know, I think God is more pleased if we hear a voice that we think is God and we step out and discover it wasn't God. God is more pleased with that than the folks that say, I heard God, but I just couldn't do it. God will always bring us back. If we step out thinking we're following God and, and, and we're not, God will always bring us back if our earnest heart's desire is to follow God. But if we want to know God, if we want to know God, that's what we've got to do. That's what we've got to do. I'm going to wrap up. I should have said that about a minute ago because I don't really have anything else to say, but I wanted to give time for everyone to get ready for the adjustment in the back. If you want to know God, if you want to know God, if you want to know Jesus, study the Bible for sure. Be still. Be still. Step out and obey and then come back and tell us about it. In Jesus' name, amen.